Sego, Sewagwego. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory. Our podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services with the technical assistance of Humble Man Recording. My name is Lisa Venevery from the Mohawk Nation and the Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name program and the host of this podcast. Welcome to the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word Donate, located at the top of the homepage of our newly updated website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services, Toronto, Canada. This has been the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. One of the foundational beliefs of the Haudenosaunee worldview is that we arrive here on this earth with gifts, and it's our responsibility to find out what our gifts are and to use them for the betterment of our clan families and the betterment of the Confederacy of people. Some of us are able to discover our gifts at a young age. It takes more time for some, but it's all okay as long as we're striving for the goal of using our gifts in this life. No matter what our gifts are, we can use it or them to bring awareness to the Haudenosaunee culture. On this episode, we welcome a multi-gifted person from the Mohawk Nation and the Bear Clan of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, Yohate Negasuna, welcomes to the podcast, Artie Martin. Sego, Artie. Sego. Um, gee, let's, there's so much to talk about when we talk about gifts. Let's, let's begin by discussing your gifts and what you're doing with them in this life? Well, the gifts, I, I, I would say, would be uh, just one. Yeah? It would be creativity. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's uh, a great gift. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and I think it kind of stemmed just from, like, ever since, you know, child, as long as I could remember, far, as far back as I could remember, like, um, drawing just doing creative things, um, even during play, and then eventually going through my teen years and then to adulthood, it was like, I, I just found a different way of doing things. And that's the creative aspect of it. And that led to, you know, like I said, drawing. It led to um, playing music. Like I, I play guitar. I, um, I write. Um, I was part of a hip hop group. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's those lyrics. I write regular songs because I play guitar. I write stories. Um, I uh, 
and then that led to um, photos and videos and everything in between, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I even did some acting mm -hmm. with Gary Farmer and um, explored that route. So there's 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 a lot there. Yeah. And it kind of all boils down to creativity. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like to be creative using your creativity? Would does it, What does it bring to your life? Hmm. <clears throat> well, creativity. What does it feel like? Yeah, what does it feel like when you're being creative? I kind of zone out. Mm-hmm. Um... It feels good. I, I uh, when I was younger, I liked to smoke a little bit of weed, mm -hmm. and and that would help me focus. Yeah, you know. And when I, when I would do that, I would play guitar, mm -hmm. and I could play guitar for hours, and I would just be so zoned out and focused, and everything would just feel good about it, you know. And I would, um, and and that. That helped me with a lot of ways, but then once I took the the, the marijuana out of the equation, I kind of started doing that. Um, I had to find a way to do that on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to find a way to 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 find that uh, clarity when I was doing something, and I would I would kind of I guess I'll call it being in the zone because when I would start a project too, I I really didn't like I disliked being interrupted. Um, especially when I'm into something, whether it be uh, graphic design or, or working on photos or working on anything I'm doing that's creative. I, I, I just want to do that and do it till I'm done it. Yeah. Because um, I, I want to see where it leads and I want to see the finished product and then nothing's ever really finished. Um, everything just seems, seems like um, everything's always a work in progress. Yeah. So with this, um, the, like finding that, that zone, I just want to stay in there. And I used to get upset that, uh, you know, my kids would start screaming in the background or mm -hmm. just distract me or my wife would ask me to do something and I'd have to get up and go do something. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like doing that kind of stuff. I just like, I just want to work on what I was working on and just do it. But nowadays I had to like, I guess that's part of growing up, kind of got to fit all those things in your life. And I would, um, I kind of just adapted. Yeah. So now I, now, nowadays I could start something and then be, get those distractions and I know there's going to be life happening. And then, then I could sit, sit back at what I'm doing and get right back into what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Get right back into that zone. You say that creativity is a work in progress your projects did you ever um feel when something was complete do you feel that now um uh sure um there, there's complete in different ways right like um because when i'm doing a project for somebody um like when I'm hired to do something, like I can, there's various levels there because some people want, they just want things then and now. Mm -hmm. Like 
that's the nature of the field I'm in is everyone wants it yesterday. So like I, I, I know there's this like certain level of um, polish I can put on something and that will be good enough for what I'm doing. But I find it a little bit harder when it's like a, a passion project, like when I'm doing it, mm-hmm. like a project of my own. Like there's things I'm doing that no one has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they will ever see it because I'm just, I'll come back to it. Like uh, I'm writing a story. Mm-hmm. that I eventually want to turn into um, a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And I keep coming back to it, and I'm just like, I could change this, I can do this, and w- what if I bring this into it? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I got this, um, kind of like a, just this ball of Play-Doh or something that I'm kind of always just practicing my creativity on. Yeah. And it never really does anything or anything. It's just there that I can, I can bounce ideals off of mm-hmm. and into and mold it and shape it and and who knows if it will ever be done mm-hmm. maybe and that's okay if it's not right yeah well creativity is like that um what what kinds of things um help you to become creative like, are there any things that, any preambles you do before you begin something? Um, well, it used to be, like I said, smoking a little bit of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as I grew older, I think it, it actually wasn't that when I think about it. It was actually um, being with people and and creating those like this talking about it that conversation with others like the relationships um because you need to be able to bounce ideas off of each other and that's what helps you helps you and whoever you're working with grow mm-hmm. i used to call it um i used to call it like a magic like when when i was with uh, true res crew mm-hmm. we would have these um writing sessions um the beat would come on and we'd sit there quietly in a room and we'd just write. And, uh, and as I'm writing, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking about what, what we decided the song is going to be about. I'm thinking about all all these different things. And then, um, we talk about it as a group and then we get to writing our own individual thing. And it just, if you get stuck or anything, you can. There's someone there you can just talk to about it, and that helps things just flow, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when it comes together, and you hear it, it's like a magic. Like it just sounds like it was supposed to be there all the time. It was supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. It was there the whole time, and we just found it. Um, and that's how it is with. Um, and that's how it was with uh, the theater stuff I did. And I did that with uh, Gary Farmer mm-hmm. in his Laughing Dog plays. You would get together as a group and just talk over ideas. And I imagine it's a lot like this. You kind of just talk with podcasts, right? Talk and share ideas and, and things just kind of come up. And then, and then eventually it feels like this, this kind of magic happens because it's like we just made something out of nothing. 
Yeah. And it's, and it's, uh, and it's amazing. And I, um, when I think about what you just described, I think about the feeling when you become inspired, that feeling when you get that inspiration and what that feels like, because it, it sparks something that some kind of energy in you, right? That you want to go and do this right away. Um, what kind of, um, environment do you create and do you create an environment at your home where you look around and you're inspired by things? Do you see? Um, well, my office is, uh, probably like any other artist's room. Mm -hmm. It's messy. Yeah. I have a lot of things just laying around, pictures of stuff, um, random things. I'm always doodling weird things. I'll have that laying around. It's just, um, I guess I kind of like being in my own mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wallowing my own mess. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, I know where everything is. I, I don't like anyone cleaning my room. Yeah. Um, but it happens every now and then. And uh, I just like having that atmosphere of uh, just everything, everything's there. Have you ever had days where maybe you weren't being creative? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, like work, like a day job. Um, sometimes you're just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. But you still got to do it. And, um, like, I work at Gawaneo. Mm-hmm. That's the emergency school on the res. Mm-hmm. And um, what I do there is... Uh, pretty much put all my creative um, energies into whatever those teachers need for the kids. Yeah. So whether it be a poster, flashcards, video, audio, like um, I'll find a way to make it happen. And sometimes I just don't feel so inspired. I don't feel um, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm having a bad day. Maybe um, I'm thinking about something else. But I still managed to go in and just start doing something. Mm -hmm. And um, or maybe that's the day I'm doing uh, numbers like invoicing or supply orders or something mm -hmm. more uh, straightforward. Well, what besides working at the school, you're bringing your creativity into um, furthering the culture there, right? What other ways in the community do you do that? Yeah, I, um, well, I'm a father, so there's, there's that. Like, I'm always, uh, encouraging my, my, my kids. I have five kids. Mm -hmm. I'm always encouraging them to, to think more Haudenosaunee, I guess. Like, um, like you're a Haudenosaunee person, act like it. You know, mm -hmm. make an effort to learn some language, make uh, make an effort to be um, to be good in your relationships, those kind of things. And um, like creatively, I uh, I still do work outside of my work. Mm -hmm. So like I'll do logos and and that's something I like to do. Like someone will call me up and they'll need something and like a logo and. They're starting a new 
venture. Yeah. And then it's always fun just to like hear what they're doing and try to get ideas of what they want to see for their 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 logo. And um, just recently, I did. I worked with the Survivor Secretariat. Oh yeah. And I did their logo. Oh, that's a great logo. I've seen that logo. Oh, well, yeah. You know, um, see, that was a lot of um, working. A lot of those those practices, like those relationships and talking, and just um, seeing where it goes, and uh, it was it was kind of weird because they they have a marketing a whole marketing machine that yeah. was that they were working with, and they're all non-native. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was contracted to do the logo, I was meeting with them, and they um, they asked like. Uh, they're asking me what what do I see, and I was like, well, it's not about me. And I asked them to to that I wanted to um, have an audience with the secretariat. Yeah. I said I want to go talk to who I'm di- designing the logo for. I don't want to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. And so they were having the meeting, and they fit me in, and I I um I presented like this is who I am. That you you wanted me to do this logo. I'm here to get ideas from you, and I talked to them for. Not long, like like thirty minutes or so, just asking them what do they want to see, what do they think, mm-hmm. and um, they gave me a lot of input, and I just went home and I made it. Mm-hmm. And they loved it, right? And they loved it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just seen it on the bus. Yeah, yeah. They have a bus now in Brantford that's um, that's covered with this um, survivor secretariat message. And um, I thought that was great. I mean, I don't ride the bus, but when I saw the bus, I wanted to jump on the bus. <laughs> yeah. See, those things, too, like um, seeing your work out there yeah. like that, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Out on a bus, my work's on a bus. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time we, uh, like, even when we were doing music, you know, the first time a song came out and, like, getting people's reactions, that's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Um. So I guess like the final product, although it's never really done to me, when people see it, they, they, um, it does something to them, right? And they, they see it as finished. That's it. Yeah. It's out in the world now. And, and, um, seeing those reactions are, are good. Especially seeing those reactions with my family mm-hmm. when they see it for the first time or something like that. And that, that's, um, that's always inspiring for me. Yeah. Or, and it feels good, yeah. Well, your family's probably seen much of your creativity in this in this life so far. Um, do you do you still continue to amaze them? Um I think so. <laughs> I'm I'm like my wife's really uh she's a Scorpio, so she's really um secretive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never know if she's like, uh, excited about anything or not. She, I kind of just look at her, she just rolls her <laughs> eyes or something. So maybe she's my, uh, she's what keeps me grounded. Maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Doesn't let your head get yeah. too big. Yeah. Well, being creative, you've, you've managed to go in a lot of different directions, songwriting and acting and photography and digital um, graphic design. What else do you do to um, be creative? Yeah, 
um, I'm doing a few things right now. Uh, there's ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may, you, you might not associate that with creativity, but there's creativity components there. Um, and I'm also a part of, uh, I sit on committees all the time. Like, well, well committees with my school, like fundraising committees, um, mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that, and then I also sit on a um, a grand council committee called the Great Law of Peace. Oh yeah, um, recital committee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always uh, I'm always out there doing things, and I forgot what the question was. <laughs> what else do you do that um, where you put your creativity? Yeah. I know that I just saw you recently at the ILA, the arena, and you were helping with the wampum um, belt teachings. What were you doing there? So that's part of the Great Law of Peace Recital Committee. I um, Before COVID, pre-COVID, we were meeting once a month in Tonawanda. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been with them since 2013 or 12, but that there, I feel very fortunate to be a part of because um, I was working at Gawaneel and I made uh, friendships there and relationships there where people uh, knew of what I could do. And so I was invited to this, to this uh, committee and it's a delegation by the our Haudenosaunee Grand Council. Mm-hmm. They put it together. They said, no, start a committee and start doing these recitals every year. And so I got invited to this committee. And like I know the, I know the guys. And, and um, I, well, at first I knew of them. But uh, the one that got me in there was uh, Cleve Thomas. Mm-hmm. And we're related. And. And he was teaching at Gawaneel before, so we that's how he knew me. And then uh, he's like, yeah, you want to come be a part of this committee? We could use your help because we, they want to do this and this and that and that. So he came and picked me up, and, and we went to the a meeting, and it was kind of just, we, we expect this, and we want this, and what do you think? Could we... Could, how can we do that? And so I said, well, we need this and this and this and this and this and this. And this is what we got to do. So there, like there's promotion involved in there. There's um, there's logo creation in there. There's video production in there. And so there's um, there's like audio production. So there's all these things that I had to just be able to throw at them and say, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so... Like ever since then, I kind of, we've been going to these meetings in Tanawanda, and and I've met you know Sagogwanungwas, Tommy Porter, mm-hmm. and I like I feel really fortunate that I got to know know these guys, mm-hmm. um, him, Ganadogo, uh, um, Jock, and and um, Sid, Howard, Bob, Marlene. And all their all their helpers, like the the like um, Marla, like these are all title holders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wh- wh- whom I otherwise wouldn't be able to have met or even talked to. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think I had a different approach on things too when I got there that they appreciate it because I'm not, I never grew up longhouse. I never, um, I never went to ceremony all the time. I never went to things or socials. And I, I kind of just, I was kind of just starting that journey. Mm-hmm. And so I had this outside perspective that I think helped and um, in creating what they're doing now. And, uh, and it's something, um, that's something, that work there, I really feel connected to because uh, it's like everything I'm doing creatively and um it's kind of like uh all my resources are together and one when i work with that committee like all my um all the creativity all the relationships i've made through there and my my uh resources like it's because it's not just me mm-hmm. when they want something say they want posters and whatever else like i have to have a supplier for that mm-hmm. i have to have I have to keep those relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of what I do is about relationships and and um, having good relationships with people and things and properties. <laughs> and a lot of being a, a person, a Haudenosaunee person in the, in the Confederacy is about relationships too. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the great law. I know they've been doing... Can you just tell our listeners what the Great Law is and what a recital is? Sure. Uh, so the Great Law of Peace. Um, the Great Law of Peace is like our instructions on how to exist in this world. Um, before the Great Law of Peace, there is our four ceremonies. That's where you get the our opening, Hanagalawadekwa and stuff. And then... The great law of peace is when a um, a messenger came and helped us kind of sort out our uh, our um, our uh, negative lifestyle we were living at the time because because uh, that's that's the peacemaker's journey and our the peacemaker came and and helped unite our nations together and at the five at the time it was five nations so that goes through a a certain amount of story there the peacemaker's journey which is part of the that's the beginning of the great law and how how these things like uh, how how we exist as Haudenosaunee right now like our chiefs our title holders chiefs and clan mothers those guys um that's when those guys were named, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, our wampum, our wampum beads, our wampum belts. That's um, how those came to be. Comes out of the great law of peace. Mm-hmm. And so the recital part of it is that's a reminder to our to our citizens, our Haudenosaunee citizens, mm-hmm. that uh, of how to exist with everybody and, and where we came from mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, how we're going to move forward together in a good way. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, uh, again, it's all about relationships and our, our, where we came from and where we're going. Mm-hmm. So you're, you've brought your creativity to help further that. 
Yes. Yeah. And who would, you got to think outside the box, I guess, when you're thinking about how a person can bring their creativity to help their community in different ways. So you have brought your creativity to a place where um, you wouldn't normally think, oh, we need creativity here, right? So you brought your creativity there in helping further the um, reminder of the great law. Yeah. Yes. Um, so people could think outside the box with their creativity. Is that what you think people should think about? Think outside the box if you're creative. How can you bring your creativity to help your community in different ways? Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, like creativity is like uh, when you're thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually going to help someone. It might help yourself or it might help others or it might help your community or even nation or um, or and so on. Uh like just thinking about that, um, I was at a party, and this young girl got her ring that a family member member gave her. Her ring went down inside a speaker, and she couldn't get it out, and she was very upset about it. And um, the other people there, they they had screwdrivers, and they're trying to take this speaker apart. But speakers are built in a way where they're 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 supposed to be solid construction, so they can't really come apart. Mm -hmm. So they're trying everything to get this ring out, and I was I was kind of just looking at the situation, and then what I did was, I grabbed a, a piece of paper, and I kind of folded it, and stuck it in the speaker in the subwoofer part, and I tilted the speaker, and the ring fell on that paper, and it came out. Mm -hmm. So that was a creative. Um, solution to something that was just like to help somebody, one mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. But then like when we're talking about helping others and helping like our society and everyone grow in a good way, yeah, the the Great Law of Peace Recital Committee helps me, helps us like um create resources we're going to be creating resources through these that haven't been gone out to the public yet but they're we're working on it where um it helps um because it's helping everyone get be aware mm -hmm. um it helps people it helps schools mm -hmm. it helps learners and i think really if you think about it every time there's a solution in something it's it's helping somebody yeah yeah. And it's, I guess it could be in a bad way or a good way. Mm-hmm. It's all the way you look at things. I guess so, yeah, because, like, when they made the atomic bomb, that was a pretty creative solution, but mm -hmm. it wasn't in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things now in this world that were created probably not in a good way. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so with our creativity, we also need to be, <clears throat> um, we also need to recognize how we're going to use it in this, in this world. Um, 
creativity is so, I could talk about creativity all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've heard some people say, I'm not creative. I, I, I can't do that. I'm not a creative person. What would you say to people who, who feel that way? I, I, uh, I would disagree, but I wouldn't necessarily um, try to force it out of them either because people are going to be what they want to be, and it's not up to me to uh, you know, force anything out of anybody. But, but yeah, generally, I disagree. I think everyone's creative. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was a kid at some point. Everyone, you know, played. And there's that creativity there when in play. Um, I think uh, I listen to Howard Stern every once in a while, like Bubba Booey and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, he talks about how he taught himself how to paint. Like he never knew how to paint before, but he he's making these like awesome paintings. Mm-hmm. And and um, he argues that it's not him being creative; that it's a skill that he learned that taught himself. But I would say it's it's a creative um, outlet that he found, and he was able to nurture. Like he decided to put that energy into it, mm-hmm. and so now he's a painter. If he wanted, he could paint anything. I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with painting, like he learned how to draw. He learned how to do all those things. And like for one, he's a DJ. Like and um like his his gift too, I would say, would be creat- creativity. Mm-hmm. So like creativity, um if someone says like, oh I'm not creative, I can't do that. Like I think they can they just it's what they're working on, right? It's what they're working at. Mm-hmm. There's like um numbers people, they don't necessarily need to go that way and this then there's like um woodworkers mm-hmm. or um workers like, like even an iron worker like there's there's creativity and everything it's just how you look at it so is there a a um, medium that you haven't tapped into yet with your creativity that you were thinking oh i'd like to try that out one day all the time <laughs> i look at like I'm watching someone do something and I'm like, I could do that. Um, I, I imagine it would probably get me in trouble. Like I watched uh, that show um, came out. I forget what it's called, but it was uh, about making knives. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it called Forge. Yeah. It's Forge something. Forge yeah. some, something. Yeah. Forged in fire. Forged in fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I remember when that came on, that was one of my favorite shows, and I was like, I could do that. I want to make a knife. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about buying a forge and trying it. And like, I, I love that kind of stuff. Or um, uh, there's another show, um, Rust to Riches or something. It's a car car show. Mm-hmm. And these guys, like, fabricate these amazing cars out of junk, junk mm-hmm. cars. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm watching that, too. I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> Or tattoos. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I'm always looking at things thinking, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I have this weird sense of, um, like, when I play guitar, I when I started playing guitar, I, I uh, it was a guitar in my dad's closet, and I really wanted to play it. And um, I wasn't allowed to play it. 
So at first I was getting in trouble for touching his stuff. But when he seen I was trying to play it, he let me play it. And in one year, one school year, like I played the, I played that guitar as much as I could. And in one school year, I got, I believe I got good enough where I could play in any band or do anything mm-hmm. with a guitar. So nowadays when I look at something and I see someone doing something that, that interests me, like even glass blowing, mm-hmm. like I'm, I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I probably could if I just tried. Mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe that's part of it too, because I, I, I do try at things. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not scared to try mm-hmm. and I, I will. And, um, and I believe, um, I truly believe if you want to learn something, it would take one year. Mm. Wow. If, if you want to learn anything, anybody, yeah. not just me. Yeah. If someone wanted to learn something, it would just take one year and you would learn it. And, um, I've, I've seen it, I've seen it like, uh, not just with me, with other people, they, um, with language. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend when he first came into the language program, he could barely say anything. And then in that, after that first year, you know, he was correcting the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people just have that, um that ability and it's it's hard work because when i first that when i say a year i was like um i was playing guitar maybe four or five hours a day you know Mm -hmm. i'd sleep with my guitar that kind of stuff i'd take it everywhere take it to school take it car rides Mm -hmm. took it everywhere but i learned it yeah persistence persistence love yeah yeah Keeping at something. Yes. Well, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some people can pick up things and just do it. It's it's right in them waiting to get out. But then some people need to, you know, keep at something. We're all different. Right. Yeah. Um, is there something, it's, it's hard to, to say or to ask you, oh, What's your what's your favorite part of creation, like creating something? Do you have a favorite um, gift or skill of creating? Is that fair to ask or, you know, they're all great? Well, like the, my favorite part of the creative process, maybe? No, like, do you like acting more than you like? drawing do you like um i think i think it's kind of like um how people go through fads yeah i think maybe it's more like that because or or even just um what you're feeling like sometimes i'll feel like playing guitar sometimes i'll feel like drawing Mm -hmm. sometimes i'll feel like doing nothing yeah so it's it's all about what you feel at that moment Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, when I was playing guitar, there's this dude, Red Red Laform, Ryan Laform, great guitar player. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he was playing. Um, he was a, strictly a heavy metal guy, like playing uh, like uh, Pantera or Metallica, those kind of things. And he was really good. And then there I was playing whatever I could learn. 
um, Steve Ray Vaughan, Dimebag Daryl. Like, I, if it sounded good to me, I would play it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember him saying to me, like, uh, like you got to stick to one thing and uh, get good at that or something like that. We were just young guys. But I never understood that. And because and, um, I, I guess I'm kind of all over the place. But but he took that, like, after a couple years, there he was, and he was playing blues. And he had a blues band. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at first, first he was all metal, and then now he's blues. And I, I guess along the way, he kind of just realized that we should be doing everything, maybe. <laughs> Not limit yourself. Yeah, don't limit yourself. Yeah. Um, what would you like to talk about? And I'll ask the question. I want to talk. This might be weird, and maybe it's out there and crazy. But um, I want to talk about this path that I've been on. And this involves everything that we're talking about here. Okay. So, like, education. Okay. Where where it all kind of came from. Like, when I was younger, like I said, I was drawing. That kind of transitioned into music and exploring other avenues there. And I learned a lot doing that kind of stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot doing, um, working with, uh, like, doing hip-hop, you know? But I didn't see where that was going to go for my family because I started my family young. My first boy was at, or my first kid was at 19. Mm-hmm. And that, although I very much liked um, doing hip-hop and doing those things with my friends, I didn't see it going anywhere because we would do a show and I'd probably only make 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Shows were few and far between. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't see that as a um, as something I want to do, like, all the time. So I had to get a job. And at the time, like, uh, I, I didn't like school. I had, a, I, had a, I had a weird school experience, high school experience, like racism and everything from the teachers and everything. Um. I felt like I was truly victimized through my high school experience by the teachers, the mm-hmm. staff. So high school wasn't really good for me. And then I'm at this point where, like, like what am I going to do for money? I need to do something. And so I, 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 um, I did a bunch of, like, I have a family now, so I just did a bunch of, like, uh, um, whatever jobs I could get. Uh, I worked in a factory. I worked, I worked, uh, like, um, drywalling, just stuff, you know, just busy Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. stuff I wasn't really interested in. Um, and then I was talking to my friend, my my cousin, John Garlow, Mm -hmm. and his dad has a print shop or has a print shop and, uh. And he had graduated graphic design, and I had no idea what that was. And he's like, why don't you go to graphic design? You like drawing. And and I did like drawing. And he knew that because we were in class together. Mm-hmm. And so so I looked up graphic design, and then I went to school for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to graphic design, and after the first year, af- actually after the first semester, 
uh, that's when Gary Farmer had, had his theater workshops happening. And so I went to the theater workshops. They went very well. And I used my graphic design during those theater workshops to promote our, our uh, theatrical performance. Mm-hmm. And then I finished out my, um, my school year, my second semester, and he hired me to, to as a um, stage manager. Mm-hmm. And so I worked the summer for Laughing Dog Plays, and we actually toured a play that we had made in, um, in like, January all across Ontario or southern Ontario. And it was awesome. And I was like the, the stage manager. And so to do that, we had to line up. We had to do these posters. We had to get into like the, um, these festivals and line up these dates and schedules. And it was, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Had a blast. And then um, by the time I started my second, sem- second year of graphic design, I, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I got I got put into this, um, or I, I found this ad in the paper for Gawanillo. Mm-hmm. And so I started working there full-time, and I started doing graphic design full-time in my second year. Then when my professors found out I was working full-time doing graphic design while going to graphic design school, mm-hmm. I got exempted from pretty much my whole second year. That's what happened. I got exempted, and I got my diploma. It was a two-year program. And... Um, I had a deal with my wife that I would go to school for two years and get a diploma and start working somewhere, and then she can go to school. So after I got my diploma, Gawaneel hired me full-time. I continued to work there, signed a new contract to continue working there, and I worked there for, like, maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. And then I always wanted to go back to school. I wanted to go to university and get a communications degree. But my my wife was in school this whole time. She was getting all these. I think she, she's one of the most educated people I know. She has like two university degrees and like four college diplomas. <laughs> she just kept on going to school. Mm-hmm. And she's a nurse now, and she loves what she does. <clears throat> but it's kind of what I'm getting at here is um like it was it like with my wife. It was like she was meant to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I say that because she was working in the community for maybe 10 years as a community nurse. So she she was the one that would go to someone's house, a family member's house, and help them get better, whether whether it be from, a you know, an accident or maybe they're just sick and are, mm-hmm. or palliative. Mm-hmm. She would go there and help them. And um, then this opportunity came up with public health where, uh, like, a job opening. So she applied and she got it. And then three months or, sorry, maybe six months later, the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't think of anyone better to be in her position helping our community with a pandemic. Because mm-hmm. she's like such, she was so knowledgeable and such a hard worker. She was perfect for that position. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, there I was, like, on my path with creativity and everything. And it was like every time there was something going on, it was like these things just happened for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily me making these decisions. 
that's what I truly felt. That's what I still feel today. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff, my this this path, I call it a path. It was already laid out for me. That's what I really feel like. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, um, like I got exempted from a whole second year of college. Yeah. I go straight into language. And I think, I don't know what really got me, put me there, but there I was in this language environment. And that led to um, meeting all these wonderful people and that I would otherwise not know, like all these of our uh, title holders and mm-hmm. um, and these leadership people and these people in our communities who are like uh, like language holders and knowledge keepers. Mm-hmm. So I met all these people and then that kind of directed me to learning Mohawk and going going that way. But it always got brought me back to using my skills what the language and what the culture. Yeah. And it it just seemed laid out for me. Yeah. And that all kind of started happening after I kind of, I don't want to say like submitted myself to it or anything. It kind of just, like I was making all the, seemed like I was making all the right decisions to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it just landed me in all these different places. Mm-hmm. So I felt very fortunate. Like, I feel very fortunate about everything I've been through. But at the same time, I I, I wonder, like, is this, was this laid out for me? Because mm-hmm. it feels like that. It truly does. Yeah. Well, I can say that our community at Six Nations of the Grand River is much better off because of your laid out plan. <laughs> I mean, you've you've really um, um, shared your gifts with the entire community. And I think that's one thing that maybe um, listeners out there, maybe if they're thinking, do I have a gift? You know, how can I help my community? You just need to think about it. You need to give it some thought. Think outside the box, maybe. And, um, you know, contribute. It, it feels good to contribute. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much. Did you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, sure. Um, I guess there's a few more things. Okay. Well, we're not done yet with Artie. <laughs> well, there's this, um, Things I look forward to. Oh, what yeah, I'm looking okay. forward to. Okay. Like uh, with COVID done. Yeah. You know the Great Law of Peace Recital Committee. They're they're going to start. Um, we our plan is to start meeting again reg- regularly, and um, they're kind of being pressured. Like we're kind of being pressured by uh, Grand Council to produce. Yeah. Because the whole idea of it ever since we we started was to to um, share it with the people. Yeah. And what the people want are recordings, and they want resources from it. And and we're going to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but how that how that happens next is is it's really up to Grand Council because there's no consensus on anything. So we got to go through that yet. So I'm excited for those for those meetings. I'm excited for those for our upcoming recitals. Um, when is the next recital scheduled? So, so we had a meeting during the Welcome Belt gathering, and um, 
before the pandemic, we were supposed to go to Oneida, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. um, but the pandemic happened and and that got put off. And um, so that question came up again. Are we going to do Oneida, Wisconsin? Um, so it got... Um, Bob, Bob Bobby Brown is... He's the guy from, he's the title holder from Oneida, Wisconsin. And he's, uh, it's up to him. Well, it's up to his community. So he's taking it back to the community to see what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And um, now with this wampum belt gathering, that's, um, that's like the shortened version of the Great Law of Peace, really. It's like the Reader's Digest version, as mm -hmm. they would say. Mm -hmm. So, so the, um, so the question is at Bob, with Bobby right now, and he took it back to his community, and whether or not we do a recital or 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 something like we did at Six Nations, the wampum belt gathering, mm -hmm. is up to them, mm -hmm. or if they want us there at all. Mm -hmm. So because it's a big ordeal for that community, they have to raise a, you know, a ton of money to feed people, and and it's just it's a big undertaking for them. Mm -hmm. Um. So there's that. I'm looking forward to all that. I really am. I'm looking forward to the work at Gawaneo. The kids are coming back to school for the first time, and some of them never even been to school yet because they started school during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to those kids coming back. I'm looking forward to building resources and, and for those kids. I'm looking forward to um, the new staff we got, meeting them and all that stuff with the school. Mm -hmm. So there's those two things I'm really looking forward to. And then this third thing I'm really looking forward to is uh, we're starting shooting for season two of of um, Ghost Hunters of the Grand River. Mm -hmm. So I know I brought it up earlier, the working with snipe ghost hunting. Um, we want to get into that, and, and uh, that's going to be on a, a show I can't get, say. Mm-hmm. Um, but the season one premiere is in October. And where can we see that? That's going to be on TV. I can't say the network. Oh, okay. Um, but we want to do a, uh, like a big kind of like day, uh, what would you call it? Like an opening, a premiere. premiere. Yeah, the premiere. <laughs> we want to do a premiere, like rent something, maybe the gathering place and put up, put up our first episode on the big screen and have a big to do. Mm, that would be nice. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to those things. I'm looking forward to, you know, our, I know we're not completely out of COVID, but you know, people are opening their, they're come, they're starting to come out. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the mm -hmm. upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's great to look forward to things, and when when your premiere happens, maybe you can come back and talk more about that. Um, there was something else I wanted to. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask. We talk about Gawaneo, the immersion school at Six Nations. That's been in existence for how many years now? Over thirty-five Over years. Thirty-five years, all on their own. They're self-sufficient. And a lot of graduates in the community have gone through there. What does Gawaneo mean? What is the translation for Gawaneo? Yeah, sure. Uh, Gawaneo is um, uh, good words, good, good sounding word. words. Good like, sounding words. I'll break that word down for you if you want. Okay. So there's Ga, Wana, Neo. 
So ga is a prefix for like it. And then the owana, that's the root word. That's okay. That means word. Mm-hmm. And then that yo, mm-hmm. that means that it's good. Mm. Like ganakuyo, gawaniyo, lunguitiyo. Oh, yeah. So all these, anytime you hear a word in Mohawk that ends with that yo, it usually means it's something good. So mm-hmm. gawaniyo, it means good good words. Oh, great. Yeah, so, and with gawaniyo, um, that's actually a big subject. Like, yes, they've been in existence for over 35 years. Some of our title, current title holders have been through Gawaniyo right from its um, inception. Um, or even uh, even guys like Ron Thomas and Jess Bombury, you know, these people are our leaders in our community mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And they came from Gawaniyo. And uh, Ron's a really good example because he's like a, he's a paramedic. Mm-hmm. So he he did have a hard journey because it, he came from an immersion setting into yeah. English. Yeah. But he's a paramedic and a respected paramedic. Mm-hmm. And you got to, like that paramedicine is no joke. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And, um, and there he is doing that. And like that, that kind of story happens a lot with these uh, graduates from Gawaniyo. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, we were bounced around from place to place, you know. First, we're at uh, number eight and on third line there, that school there. And then we got put into these portables. And then and then um, through the kindness of Kurt Steyer's beautiful heart, he put us up in his uh, arena there, ILA. And we've been there. We were only supposed to be there for four years. Like his agreement was like, our agreement was like, yeah, we're just going to be here for a little bit. We'll be out soon. But, you know, 10 years later, we're still there. Yeah. And, um, and you know, that kind of feel bad. Like we feel bad about that, and but we feel grateful at the same time. And um, we understand it's not really a place for a school per se, like with these kids. So, yeah, we've been trying to get this school and like, Back then, a school of the size that we need was seven million, and then, you know, years go by, and then then it's like before COVID, it was fifteen million. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it doubled. Mm-hmm. And then now, after COVID, oh, it's you need thirty million. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. So the price just keeps going up, and um, and uh, you would think like the, your first thought, like my first thought was. We got all these cigarette millionaires all over the place. How come blah, blah, blah? Like, how come they can't? Mm-hmm. But it, but the point is for, like, our our board there is, like, it's not up to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we have, uh, we have treaty conditions with Canada. Yeah. They're supposed to be looking, looking, looking after our education and helping us in that, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, this has been, it's been a letdown every, for a while. Yeah. And then um, this is when we think we're getting somewhere. Like we go back 10 steps and mm-hmm. like you, you, you might see that site work that's starting now. Like uh, council gave us $2 million for that and we started. Is it on Tuscarora Road? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, council gave us $2 million. That was enough to get the site work started. And so the idea was starting without having all of the money is yeah. so that 
we're already started. And if it comes to be where, where Canada says, well, we could pay for a school, um, who's ready? We're going to be ready. Mm-hmm. Whereas that other person who might be above us in line, maybe they're not ready at all. And But we have our site work, we have our plans approved, we have everything done and ready to go. Mm-hmm. We'll get the money. Mm-hmm. That's the plan anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, when I say about that list, right now we're on we're like 21 on the list. Mm-hmm. And the government has told us they, may, they build maybe one school a year. Mm-hmm. So maybe we might have a school in 21 years. Mm-hmm. And that's just not... Mm. that's just not going to do for us so we're going to try to you know we're trying to raise money now but it's such a large amount yeah you know like i did we did this um i'm the chair for our fundraising committee and we did this fundraiser a couple years ago selling shirts Mm -hmm. and i thought we did amazing we raised like um, $25,000, over $25,000 just through the shirt sale. We sent yeah. shirts all over the world. Yeah. People overseas were buying them. Mm-hmm. And we made, we, it was so successful. And I thought, wow, we did a good job. We're all high-fiving. But then I started looking at it and I was like, oh, man, we probably need to do four <laughs> of those a month for for about 10 years. And mm-hmm. maybe we'll have 30 million dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or a really nice benefactor out there who yeah. who values education right immersion education immersion education that's what we talk about too because like um canada's you know they they say they're putting all this money into into giving back to first nations or indigenous communities and and, and language and everything but we haven't seen nothing mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. We might have seen uh, an increase in funding for um, for our kids, and that's good. Yeah. But they're not, you know, they're not really helping anybody. Like they're supposed to be this big increase, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not coming to us where yeah. we need it. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, everyone's just sick of it nowadays. So. Well, it's a hard go. First Nations have a hard go mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis. Yep. Yeah. Well, I want to say Nyawe to you, Artie, for coming in and talking about creativity, my favorite subject in the whole world. <laughs> um, I just want to say and and tell you to keep being creative out there, you know, and to our listeners, um, start nurturing your creativity on a daily basis yeah even if even if it's just singing along to your favorite song on the radio yeah (laughs) and Artie's gonna go home and write the next great hip-hop song today you never know (laughs) okay um onigiwa hi Artie Yahweh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, which has been produced by Aboriginal Legal Services and hosted by me, Lisa Venevery. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. Yahweh. 
This has been the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word Donate, located at the top of the homepage of our newly updated website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services Toronto, Canada. This has been the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. Yeah.